I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Age, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's show, we speak to Aidan Lawless about the current performance of the Johnstown Castle herd. He explains how he is coping with the drought. But first, I asked him about the current performance of the spring and autumn calving cows. The autumn herd are, are coming into their last, really, I suppose their, their last 60 to 70 days of lactation now at this stage. Um, so we'll be drying off to a good portion of those towards the end of July. So we only have a couple of months production left in them. Um, they're still performing quite well. The autumn herd are doing about 1.7 kilos milk solid still. The milk yield has dropped back, but their the body fat and protein is good. They're doing about 4.52 fat and 3.8 protein. So that'd be good. Um, milk solids percentage wise, but the volume is starting to drop back compared to the spring herd are still doing. They're milking well still. They're doing about 26 litres. The milk uh, milk composition on those are back a little bit. The 4% butter fat and around 345 protein. Protein in the spring herd has been back a little bit this spring with the the way the, the, the spring has come with us with the, the grass quality, I suppose, hasn't been what we'd like to be in a lot of cases. Can you th- think back to last year, Eden? What was the protein at this time last year? Um, I think on the spring herd would have been we would have been over three fifty, probably around three fifty five. Um, the autumn herd, I think, is probably pretty similar. But generally, for the last couple of months of lactation with the autumn herd, would be pushing towards near enough to four percent, probably three point nine, three point four percent. So hopefully, um, if we if we get the grass quality back in, we're probably struggling a bit from um, moisture deficit at the moment. We might talk about that later, but. If we can get good grass quality, we'd be expecting the protein to, to hit close enough to 4% on the autumn herd for the last 50 or 60 days. But the spring herd are back about 0.1 or 0.15 yeah, compared I th- to, I to think, last year. I think that's fairly common across herds. Um, typically what people were seeing from the snow on, they were seeing a difference of 0.15 to 0.2 of a protein percentage difference. So very, very similar to um, other firms. Yeah, and I suppose it's... Yeah, it's it's not surprising, I suppose, in terms of like we, we wouldn't really have been really happy with at any stage that we had the, the lovely grass ahead of us that we would have normally had. Like this, we, I suppose, similar to a lot of farms, we probably did a small bit of damage where the score was a little bit thinner. And like I said, it was under stress from having too much moisture for a good while. And now we just, we're, we're happy enough. We, we've, we've done a good bit of um, tidying up on, so we pre-mowed so a small bit of plots. We've taken out some surplus there about three weeks ago and we have, good enough quality coming back now if we could just get some moisture to, to get the grass growing again we'd be happy enough that we're sort of on top of the the grass situation that hopefully from now on the, the cows should motor on fairly well with the, if we if we get rain talk talk us through the diet Aidan what are you feeding them at the moment uh, well the diet is pretty straightforward we, we're so far we're just on, on grass they're getting about they're probably intakes we're only estimating they're around 18 kilos um of of, of grass then with the uh, sort of about 1.5 kilos of concentrate um so it's straightforward enough we'll we should have um even going on the covers there today we still have a cover of around 190 we'd be happy enough to we're sort of coming into a drought situation really um but we'd be happy enough to let the covers run down because we find when soil moisture deficits around 50 or 60 at the moment when they go to that level you could find on some of the plots that to start losing grass so we're not going to We'd be happy enough to let the cover run down a bit lower before we go trying to supplement because it's not a good idea to try carry grass in a drought situation, really. So, um, the weather with you, um, Aidan, what sort of rain have you gotten? When when was the last time you had it? The total rainfall for May was only 33 mil rain and we had nearly got all of that. We got all of that in the first 10 days. So we've had 
no rain. We've only had three mil of rain really in the last 30 days now, really. So we've uh, <laughs> we've been unlucky in some way, I suppose. That a lot of it's been very localised and we just haven't got any of the thundery downpours that, that might have fallen there over the last week or two and, and some places even in Wexford some places would have got significant rainfall there last Friday and even over the, this weekend again now we haven't got that yet and God knows we got enough of it earlier on in the year but um, I just say uh, that's where it's really probably causing the, the, the moisture deficit uh, even though water tables we were measuring water tables here as well water table is quite high still it's just that top six or eight inches has gone very dry and, and very hard. So surprisingly, I just over the cover over the weekend there and all, we're still growing probably 45 or 50, which is, you know, um, it's not that far off of our, our, our demand. We've uh, had some of those surplus silage plots that we cut out are coming back in to drop demand down to close to around 60 kilos. So and your, we're, your 45 uh, yeah. or 50 kilos growth, Aiden, how does that compare to the early to middle of May? Uh, which would be up and down, but we, we grew the mid-May there when the things picked up and the thing dried out there from around the 10th to the 20th of May. Like we, we grew over, we had sort of a week or two there where we grew over 100 a day. Like we'd be targeting normally this time of the year of a, of a normal growing season. Like we'd be sort of comfortably doing maybe 75, 80 kilos a, a day. That's what we'd be sort of setting our stocking rate at and taking out surplus if it went above that. But um like I said, we're down to, and within the next three or four days, I can imagine we'll be down well below sort of 35, 40 kilos at best if, if we don't get rain. And there is some forecast for later on in the week, so maybe that might, might come. And what yeah. are you doing fertilizer-wise? Are you continuing as normal or have you pulled it back? We we blanket spread sort of every uh, three weeks here. So our last application was there um, around the 1st of June and we went with about... Um, I think it was 25, 30 kilos per hectare of nitrogen. So we haven't pulled it back yet. Um, so we wouldn't be due to go again now and for, until um, around the 20th, uh, uh, 20th of June there, 20th, 25th of June. So we'll see at that stage. Obviously, if we haven't got rain by then, we won't be putting it on until we do get rain. But uh, we, hopefully by the, at that stage we will have. So um, no, we, we, so far we've continued on. We've probably spread, I think, about same as as a normal year now nitrogen wise because even earlier on the year we were still trying to get out to get the nitrogen out to get the grass growing so I think we probably have about 150 160 kilos of nitrogen per hectare spread average already we would have first uh, second cut silage a uh, good portion of that sort of uh, fertilizer gone on as well like so just moving away from the grass for a few minutes and, and we take a focus back on the cows um, you mentioned the autumn calvers, they're coming to the end of lactation, maybe 60 or 70 days left in milk. Do you have an idea of the number of days in milk to date and what sort of uh, production they've done to date? Days in milk so far be about 2.35 or sort of our mean calving date there is around the 10th of October. So there are around 2.35 days in milk as a herd average. They're all obviously still milking there as well. Um, and their production so far is about uh, just over 6,000, 6,030 kilos of milk and milk solids would be 480 kilos of milk solids. Um, we'd be expecting to do sort of probably close in another 90 to 100 kilos of milk solids, maybe sort of, a you know, um, over 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 the next couple of months. So that would bring us much in line with sort of similar enough to last year. And see, in terms of um, drying these cows off, you know they're still quite uh, they're still producing quite a high level of milk um what's your selection criteria for drying off these cows 
well, they're all pretty much in good condition score enough, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. But um, um, our main selection criteria will be that we'll be like to give them two months dry before they start calving. So we are due uh, to start a calving date will be around the 25th of September, I think. Obviously, two of them will calve a week before that, but with our criteria really then sort of come to, uh, sort of last week of July, we'll be picking out anything there due to calve in September or early October or any. Um, Poor production ones that have very few of them would have dropped down below 10 litres, and then anything in low body condition score, maybe below two and a half and, or two and a half or below it in, in body condition score. Um, the ones that uh, of that, then if there are some of them, like you were saying, that are milking very well, even 15, 16 litres, we try to crash their diet a week, a week before we dry them off because, especially in fine weather, and so we'll pick out the group, we'll put them as a mob and milk them still twice a day, but really crash their diet, obviously no concentrate and very little grass just to try and we find that works well enough just to, to drop their yield back down to get them down below sort of 10 or 11 litres or so before they dry off rather than restricting them too much afterwards. So, And then if we turn our attention to the spring calvers, um, you know, they're they a high level of milk production at the moment. Um, can you talk us through the, how the breeding season has gone to date? Um, is it has it a, has been as good as last year, or have you seen the effects of the spring? Um, not so much really. The, like I, I, I would have said to the groups, the the biggest effect of the spring has been more financially. I think um, both in terms of even the autumn herd and the spring herd that we would have had to had higher feed costs, um, the body fed more silage and concentrate, and then just the, probably the, the butter, the milk composition back a little bit on the spring herd. But the cows themselves, we had enough silage to feed them and all, so they were never restricted. And actually the breeding season, I suppose the weather has been very good to them um, since we started breeding really, well, bar the first week. So the breeding has gone well with uh, our submission rates. Probably first three weeks we we were a bit below the ninety percent target, but um everything is we're we're just six weeks coming into six weeks now start breeding there on the thirtieth of April, so um we have everything submitted at this stage and so far fingers crossed it doesn't seem to be that many return maybe there's might be about thirty percent of the herd maybe have have been served a, a second time so be happy enough so far but it's early days I suppose all the heifers have been served they were served within the first ten days and there don't seem to be too many of them repeat neither so and in terms of the cows we'd be happy enough body condition score and all that they are in they're they're in good nick enough still so and can you quantify an average body condition score for that spring calving herd um i think it's probably around 2.8 um but uh, again the averages they seem to be all very they seem to have I've lifted i haven't body condition score there just the friday now and haven't put it in yet but they seem to be all very fairly consistent there's not too many tin cows in it either so they're, and they're all probably working still fairly hard milk wise like there's no over you know i'd say the highest one maybe is three and a half but there's not too many of those in it either and you know so a lot of them um, around a sort of three or, or just a low 2.75 to three on average and probably about 2.8. And yeah. see, in terms of your breeding strategy, are you going to continue AI or will you put in a bull? No, uh, bulls will be going in this week now. Sort of we're six weeks say, AI coming up now, so we should have plenty of um, replacements generated. So just uh, with the herds that we have, with a couple of different herds running, so the, the, the bulls will go in just to, to pick up. Uh, hopefully there won't be a whole of activity from now on anyway. So the amount of um, calves we get from the bulls generally is pretty low. So they'll, the bulls will be going in there this week and then just to, for the last final, I suppose, final four or five weeks now. So... Yeah, we'll uh, probably 11, 12 week breeding period. We'll see how it goes over the next next period. 
And yeah. finally, Aidan, we, we've spoken before about the importance of cutting silage early for ye in Johnstown Castle, particularly for your autumn calving herd. Uh, can you talk us through cut date uh, and I suppose um, of more significance, did you see a, a hit in yields this year? Uh, yeah, we did. We 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 would have well our, our cutting date. We, we cut the twenty third of May, which our our target would have asked anybody asked this even last autumn. Our target cutting date is around the fifteenth of May. We started to get early silage, but um, so it was delayed about a week. Uh, we had the option we could have held off maybe for another week or two, but the silage there was there was some plots, um, some paddocks that hadn't been grazed, which would be unusual for us. But it was just with the way the the the, the spring went, we didn't. There were some wet paddocks that we hadn't got a chance to get out, and we closed them up, so they needed to be cut anyway. And then the paddocks that were grazed were back, like we would have uh, had probably about four and a half tons of dry matter per hectare on on average, maybe on some of the the fields that were were grazed in the spring, which would have been you'd, you'd prefer to see them up over five, five and a half, or even closer to six, maybe, but. Not that concerned because um, we generally find we, we obviously with the autumn herd will be making a second cut again. So uh, there's actually very good regrowth on a lot of that silage that was caught in, in, in the 23rd of May. There's covers maybe of around a thousand provided we get rain. Hopefully that will keep coming. Now we have the option, obviously, if we do get run tight on grass to take some of that into the grazing area as well. But we do need the silage for next uh, autumn, obviously, as well, or the winter. So we'll be trying to avoid that if we can. But um, so the, getting it cut early enough, we got very good growth. And obviously on the lighter paddocks that had a, we some of the paddocks that weren't grazed now would have yielded probably about six and a half, seven tons of dry matter per hectare, which had been a, a very respectable sort of yield for the first cut at that time of the year. So a bit of variation. And just to pick up then on something you mentioned in terms of the grazing ground, you did a little bit of pre-mowing. Can you explain the decision around that and was it effective for ye? Yeah, it's not something we really, uh, it's it's only something that we do very dip in and out of. Um, if we had to, the re- main reason for it, I am in, in normal grazing circumstances, so like I mentioned there before, we're only growing maybe around 50 for the last week or two. Uh, we had some grass that was sort of uh, cover gone a, a little bit heavy and we would have either ended up having to top it off after something. Ideally, we'd be taking that out for surplus, but just with the with the growth rates we're getting and uh, the forecast and not getting any rain, we just couldn't afford it. We'd end up feeding it back in the silage. So it was just um, a little bit better to, to, to pre-mote. Um, the difference between pre mowing and topping it after is probably minimal enough, but it's just we find uh, in the dry weather, especially in dry weather like this, if you sort of pre mote in the morning, graze it in the evening, it seems to work well enough. And we didn't really see any any dip in production or, or milk solids when we were at it anyway. So. Yeah, just, just, just it's clarifying, it's not a common practice for you. It's just the, no, the no, weather no, we and the condition uh, no, of the grass. And, like I said, um, this year, unusually enough, probably there's nearly every paddock is going to have to get sort of either a blade of some sort at some stage. That we haven't, we've had very few grazing paddocks. That a lot of it coming back to where our post grazing heights wouldn't have been where we'd like to have been um, in during the first and second round. Probably similar to a lot of farms in, in the country. I think this year, like that, there's a sort of was a stubble height there, and really the only way to get rid of that um, is to is to cut it at some stage, ideally for surpluses, and that's where we we, we did make some surplus um, bales on on a, on a probably maybe fifteen or twenty percent of the grazing area earlier on in the spring. And then we have some paddocks that don't need to be anything done with, and then there's a few more of them there where just the quality wouldn't have been what you'd you'd really like. But um, we're sort of on top of it, hopefully a good bit now if if we can get moisture, just to get the 
good regrowth coming back. Thank you, Aidan. Okay, Emily, thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Aidan Lawless for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.